number two. Okay. Good evening, everybody. We'll start with Pat, then Liz, then Tom, and finally Randall to give me a hug because I'm cold. All right. But we're on the right side of the snow, so that's a good thing. Let's start with a prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for this Wednesday, this day we get to come midweek for us to recharge our batteries, to be able to refocus and recenter on you, to be with family, to learn more about you, and to be Christ-centered. We thank you for these opportunities that we have. Help us to always remember you, think about you, and to learn more about you every day, and then to be an example into the world of you from what we've learned. We thank you for your son, his sacrifice, and the hope to be with you one day. Watch over us as we have this class. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we have had seven weeks of the ideas of, 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 of understanding churches that are healthy, churches that are sick, churches that are really sick, what, those, what that looks like, how to counter that, how to acknowledge that and see that, what we can do, what we can't do, ideas, how to become a welcoming church, what that looks like, how things have to evolve and change as we uh, uh, um, are doing things as we progress in life and, and what, what, what worked 50 years ago is not going to work today and what works today won't, will work, won't work 50 years from now. Last class. So the question is, so now what? I wrote a lot of this out so I can just get my summation. I'm sure there'll be some conversations and some, some dialogue, but I wanted to write this out so I could get my points and, and try and bring it to a, to a close. This group here at the bar, as well as Christians around the world, we acknowledge we are the church. Right? We can all agree on that? If our church here is healthy or it's sick and we want it to be healthy, we don't, we don't have a pill that we can take. There's not a machine that can fix that. It just doesn't happen. You're, you're, if, you have, if you have an infection, we take some antibiotics and it gets better usually. We don't have that. What we do have is that the, the cure for that is it takes the church. We are our own cure. We're also our own demise. It takes the church, the people who are in it, to do things for a church's health to continue being healthy or for a church to become healthy again. It is, the church is the source of its health, good or bad. It's the source of its recovery if, if it is bad, and each member has a part in the church's health. Does everybody agree with that? If you don't, I'm not sure how, but I'm not always right. I'm that one I'm right on. Do you agree or disagree that we're all necessary parts of the church? But I don't have a very big role. Am I still necessary? 
do people not see themselves as necessary? All the time. Well, I'm not, I'm not up front, and so people don't see me doing blah. Some people are like, and I'm happy for that because I don't want to be. Uh, <laughs> no names, but I've had heads nodding pretty hard here. Some people live and love to be background members. That's it. Don't look at me. Don't point on me. Don't anything on me, but I'll take care of my job. Don't list me. Don't nothing. It'll just be done. Don't acknowledge it. And that's fine. Others are like, look at me. See what I just did? We need to have a different conversation there. All right. The Bible says if one part of the, the whole, one part does not do its job, the whole body doesn't function well. Do we agree with that? The one part didn't mop the bathroom floor. The whole body doesn't do well. Does that sound right? It's not going to come into a crashing halt, but it's the start of something, and it can deteriorate from there. But the Bible then says, however, if one does its job well, the whole body rejoices and is stronger. Does that make sense? So, one does well. It didn't say, it didn't say, if one part doesn't do its job, then the whole body doesn't function well. If one doesn't do it, does its job well, then the whole body does well. It didn't say that. If one does its job well, the whole body rejoices and is stronger. Why the difference? Why doesn't it say in the first half of that scripture, if one doesn't do well, then the rest doesn't do well. But if one does do well, then the breast rejoices and is stronger. This is where you speak. Yes, sir. Because you can do your part. So that second part there, you can do your part. And there still may be problems or I may not be doing my part. But when you do your part, it is uplifting to the entire body, no matter what they're doing. So that's the second part says, if you do your part well, everybody rejoices, right? Everybody feels it. Everybody's good about it. Uh, And everybody is stronger, but it doesn't mean everybody's healthy because there still may be others not doing their part. Um, but everybody feels it. So if you do your part, because I, con- I can't control what you do, you can't control what I do. But if you do your part, the entire church benefits, no matter what that part is. And you can look around and see everybody's different part here. Everybody benefits when somebody's stronger in the church. Right. We still may be sick. We still may be having issues or otherwise. But the one aspect that, w- that you did now may- is, not a- is not a concern. It's not a deterioration so that everyone is stronger. And there is rejoicing. At least we, okay, we got that part out of the way. 500 others to work on, but this one we didn't. I just, I like that aspect. All right. If you're not an elder or a preacher, does anyone know which chapter, nor Danny, know which chapter in 1 Corinthians is referred to as the love chapter? Pam Wilson, get on, girl. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. Where do I hear that all the time, or would I? A wedding. I'll read my notes. Thank you. Stephen's telling me I shouldn't. It's often, 1 Corinthians 13 is often referred to as the love chapter. If you don't know it, 
If you don't know specifically, you can't verbatim, you have heard it. It goes through verses four through seven. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, which is used in the weddings and is absolutely positively taken out of context. But it sounds good because she needs to hear that because she won't kill her husband. <laughs> always loves, even when he puts the, leaves the seat up. Always loves, even when he's dying from a cold, even though you had twins. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Men are absolute babies when they're sick. I'll attest. All right. The words are usually spoken to the husband so that love, the wife, sorry, so that love is their greatest asset and what they rely on regularly and especially when or if things go sideways. So it, it sounds good for a wedding. I think we can agree, but that wasn't the intent behind it. But with all of that love, here's the question I have. What would happen to our church here or any church if that attitude was applied amongst the members. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. And all the rest. How well would this church get along? How would every church get along? Man, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about this. I don't care. You just walk in and it was just, this, is, this place is great. Look how well everyone gets along. Picture this in your head because this is what I came up with for myself. If you walked into a car dealership, you're looking to buy a car, and the sales staff is arguing with the finance department, and the service people are talking trash about the management, and everybody's just back and forth. How excited would you be to try and want to buy a car there or get your car worked on, or even find a job there. That would just be my number one place to go. So apply that to church. I can't get along with Tracy to save my life. Jerry and I are best friends, though. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just talking about so-and-so, and, you know, Pat just follows me everywhere, and his hands just keep moving, and I don't know what he's saying, and I'm just, and there's just, there's just negative energy and animosity in a place that should have love is patient, love is kind. But if we exude the love is patient, love is kind, and everything therein, people see that. Some people you think are on crack who are just happy all the time but people who are generally happy and not the Debbie Downers. Do we like being around those people? I do. Sometimes I just need them to drop one or two cups of coffee. Like, you're, you're doing a little much. But overall, yes, I want to be around those people. Hey, Russ, I'm going to have uh, some people over. You want to come? Yeah. I would love to be over and see you at your house. Hey, we're going to go doing 
whatever. You want to come? Yeah. Person with the black cloud over their head. Tony's always got me with the black cloud. <laughs> he started it. You don't want to be around. I can, I can make a bad day all on my own. I don't need your help. But love is patient. Love is kind. You are attracted to that. If we are having that, and it's an attraction here, it will draw people in. They'll see your happiness that we have with each other here. And guess what? You're going to have it out there. It's, unless you're faking it here, which I would hope you're not. But if you're not, and you're generally that happy person, and you take it out there, people notice. And they're like, why are you so happy? Because I just love my church family when I go, and it just, I'm, I'm happy. They, it makes me happy. I get to go be with them, and we get to celebrate God, and we get to worship, and I am just filled. And they say, what is that like? And how do, how do you explain I'm filled? I had dinner just a little while ago. I'm filled. But I'm not filled. It's fun to try and explain that. And then when you can't, you'll have to show them. Where are you going to show them? Right here, where love is patient, love is kind. Okay. We are not here to just love our fellow church members because they're lovable. <laughs> Heard some people. We are to love Jerry and other unlovables. I kid. Last week he said I didn't mention him at all, and so I didn't want him to have a panic anxiety attack. So, Jerry, there you go. I mentioned you. I love Jerry. I truly love Jerry. He is, it's taken some time. But man, that guy is a worker bee. And he's not shy. He's, che he's checked me at the door a couple of times and said, you need to straighten up. And he was right. And I can count on him for that. So Jerry, I do love you. <sighs> love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not boast. Love is not proud. It does not dishonor others. Well, Russ, uh, believe it or not, I'm going to have to disagree with you about something. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, at the beginning that 60 years ago, what we did 60 years ago doesn't work. I disagree. That's a general statement that in some cases is true, in some cases is not. Before you go too far, I said it may not. May not. May not. It was However, the, absolutely not. However, 60, 70 years, let's say 70 years ago was 1954. At that time, the church was known as the fastest growing, quote, I'm quoting the uh, national statistics, fastest growing congregation or organization uh, in America. Okay. So they must have been doing something right. Uh, they, they might have been doing something wrong too, but must have been doing something right because it was growing. For instance, a couple things, they were known as Bible, Bible knowledge people, people who knew the Bible. Sure, okay. And a good example applies today was we were dis the church was distinct as the Bible tells us to be. We didn't have instrumental music. 
church was known then as a church that they don't have piano, they don't have an organ. What's the matter with those people? Nothing. Because the church was growing. Today, instead of being proud of that fact and even teaching that, which we don't teach it hardly anymore about instrumental music, I don't want to get into the doctrinal issue or scriptural issue of whether it's good or bad, but we've lost many people in the last 10 years or 15 years because of instrumental music. Our young people have left here to go to somewhere where they're playing not just an organ and a piano, but a whole band. Sure. But we don't even, I don't, I just don't remember any time in the last few years that we've taught anything about the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the Bible, that teaching that was taught in the 40s and 50s and 60s when the church was really growing. Okay, I hear you. So, So maybe we should go back to that time and look at what they were doing that would work today. I, now, evangelism is another story altogether. Door knocking would not work today. We've tried it here many years ago. It didn't work then, and it sure wouldn't work now because afraid to get shot or worse. <laughs> you first, right? And, and In fact, just personal visitation is yes. much harder today. People just... They have the, there's so many things going on people don't want to I don't want someone to come over and talk to me I've got the kids doing things, I've got the videos the, the computers the things that I don't have <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever they are it occupies people's time so much but there are, are things and there could be things that we could do that they were doing in the 60s and 70s 60, 70 years ago that would help the church grow. I can't argue with you. I don't know what those were because I wasn't You're there. You're not going to argue with me? Okay. I'm done. I wasn't there, but I, I, I believe you. <laughs> so for clarification, though, I, when I did say that it's some things done back then wouldn't work now. And what works now won't work 50 years from now, potentially. And that's not absolute with everything. Some things just won't or don't. So I do hear, I hear what you're saying, and... We have to take a look at what is what we, you know the the phrase has been we got to stop the bleeding, or you know it, it's different aspects. But everyone's able to exit real easily or not enter at all, and we just have to hang on to who we have. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just want to kind of reinforce what what Jerry just said. Um, all of the things that we've been talking about, not only in this class, but whenever we you know the meetings that we had that. Uh, the men met and then the ladies met and then we all met together and uh, and then the things we're talking about in this class church growth uh, evangelism uh, different ministries people uh, having more of a heart to serve uh, uh, all of it all of it uh, goes back to the word uh, and our, our study of the word um, and there's just you know you could go on for hours and hours with scripture to support that you know we all know uh so you know hearing that from jerry uh just reminded me to be thankful that we have uh elders to begin with uh who who encourage the congregation so much to get into god's word and to learn it uh now i'm going to say something that that uh it's going to sound a little Debbie Downer, right? But uh, uh, Danny Downer, I guess. But uh, 
Uh, I've been a Christian for a long time, not from Jerry's perspective, but from my perspective, you know, <laughs> since 1988. And I, I feel like I've known quite a few elders in the church who knew little about the Bible. Uh, and you discover that when you sit down with them to talk to them about a biblical issue, about a doctrinal issue, uh, and they seem lost. Uh, and so that kind of makes you think that uh, they they became an elder uh, on, I mean, what, popularity contest? Or, uh, you know, what, what gets a man uh, in, into that position uh, when he hasn't dedicated any part of his life to learning God's Word? And so a good, a good exercise for us to do in, in that respect is to go to uh, Titus, for example, where we find the qualifications or the characteristics of an elder and go through the first chapter of Titus and highlight or underline every word that draws a connection to the Word of God. And you're going to underline quite a few words there in the first chapter of Titus and then the first few verses of the second chapter. Uh, and then you can go to... Uh, Go to Acts, where it talks about uh, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, and about the the Paul meeting with the elders in Ephesus there, and uh, and in that passage, uh, underline or circle the words where where it's talking about the activity of the elders. Underline or circle the words that connect those elders and their authority to the Word of God. You know, uh, and that that's a good exercise, kind of put things in, into perspective for us. Agreed. We, with what Jerry had said there, and quite not, we, we, I don't, we have it now. We have the blueprint. We know how it works. It's on all of our phones. People have hard copies. But if you don't read the instructions, you're not building much. You're not doing build up very well. We count on other people. So good points, both of you, on that one. Appreciate it. I've used the term in my earlier statements that the term specifically church member. And when I say church member, there is specificity to those two words. What constitutes a church member? Anyone? Lord adds them to our church. Lord adds them to our church. Okay. Anything else? True. So Somebody, somebody walks in that door, fills out, we have cards and we fill They said, hey, I want to be a church member here. I'm going to be attending here. I'm going to come here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and I will, I'll take the Lord's Supper, bow my head, I'll sing the songs, and I'm going to go home. I'll stay, you know, I'm going to go home, and I'll come back at 6 o'clock. That's a church member. Baptized believer, Jerry says. That work for everybody? Okay. That's the person that God adds to the Bible. Okay. Body. What I said. Thank you. <laughs> Kidneys. Okay. This statement is true or false. There is no such thing as an inactive church member. True or false? Nobody said anything there, but I heard somebody giggle. <laughs> False. There is such thing as an active, an inactive church member. Oh, 
Go for it, Tony. I want to hear you from here. I'll repeat it until you get the mic. Once you're a Christian, always a Christian. Is not true. Thank you. Once you're a Christian, always a Christian. Once saved, always saved. Two very different topics. Once a Christian, God makes you a Christian, and you can be inactive and die as a Christian and die lost as a Christian. Uh, that's very clear in the scriptures. But um, of course, once saved, always saved is, is not a Bible doctrine. So okay. if you, so we do have inactive. We have members of the body who who are um, not here. Uh, they will die as Christians, and they will stand before God as Christians, and will be judged as Christians, um, and they will suffer, sadly, you know, the fate of uh, uh, Revelation and other places where the Bible talks about being lukewarm or cold. So did we you read my, Did you that. read my notes? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's what I wanted. That's what I asked him for. I'm not disagreeing with them when I say this, but there is no such thing as an inactive church member. Biblically, no such church member exists. If you're a church member, you may be on the roll, you may be somebody who is Christian, that's how you're baptized, that's what you believe, but inactive and member. Stephen had said it before, you have your the people from work over there, you have to, just because you have the name tag and you have the MD after it, you have to participate in this and that, enough of those to be an active member of this. I can show up here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, took the Lord's Supper, sing the songs and leave, and I'm not an active church member. I am a spectator. I didn't help I didn't do, I didn't lead. I'm not attending or, or trying to teach class. I am not cleaning. I'm not doing all the things I'd said before. I didn't, I'm, I'm not doing any part of my job. My job is not to sit in this pew and keep it warm. Some of you may not agree with that. I have, I'm, if you are an active church member, you are a worker. There is work. What does that mean? Some people don't agree with me, and that's fine. I'm not here for a popularity contest or try to upset anyone. I'm trying to get a point across of we need to be doing something. What that is may be the smallest thing under the sun, but you're active. Hopefully you guys have an answer. Can I don't know be the answer. And... Um, on um, if the shoe fits. I've heard it's happening. And we're talking about how God has made everybody different. Okay. And they each have different talents. Agreed. Perhaps a person's talent is just to show up and be encouragement to another person. Possibly. So you can show up and be an encouragement. So I think... In your scenario, you just have to be a little bit careful if it's not something that you can... I don't want us to downplay it or downplay it in our act because it's something you can't count or add. Okay. Okay. It, it, within so your control, just, as I should have said. Yes. Okay, so, that's fair. So, for, you know, for somebody, if a person is um, on a cane and always coming, 
the fact that that person made the effort to be here. That was the best they could do. To me. That's the best they could do. Okay. Yes. yes. So just be careful when you use those. I, I didn't preface with that. I could have said, yeah, with, if, you, if, if you have more than that ability and don't. Okay. That would, thank you. That's a, that is a better clarification. Yes, sir. So I think some of this is semantics. I, I actually understand what Tracy was saying and what Tony's saying and what you're saying. But I don't think, and I, with all due respect, you can't just show up and say, well, I was an encouragement. I don't see that in the Bible. James 2 says, you've got faith, you've got to have works, period, right? Otherwise, your faith is dead. Sure. Okay. Right? And we're going to see it. We're going to know a tree. You're going to look around and know a tree by its fruit, right? And so those two tell me you have to be producing something to have a faith to be considered a Christian. So I don't see anywhere in the Bible where just showing up is acceptable, now, I understand when I get beyond what my ability can do, those are extremes. I don't know why we always go to extremes to kind of, you know, for 99% of us, just showing up is not okay. I've said it before. I can walk into a garage all day long. It doesn't make me a car. Like your car, yeah. Right. Yep. So I've got to produce something or else I am not a Christian. That's what, the, what Jesus teaches. And what James says is I've got to have works or I do not have faith. circumstances we don't know their environment and so we tend to like the statement he just made we tend to make that broad statement that I don't see that in the Bible because and um, um, it's just like the one lady that all she had she gave all she had she just didn't have that much okay and so that person was blessed you know in the Bible and so and so and, and so she precisely she gave and so the person that's coming to be here is given their love and time because they, that's all they have to give. And so, you know, just to smile or say, uh, I love you, I care for you, I just think that um, there are as many pursuits of humanity as there are different jobs or what have you. And I think we all have a specific job. And um, I think that... Um, like when, when Tony was preaching, when people wasn't showing up, and you've made that point a lot, when people weren't showing up because of COVID, people weren't showing up because of COVID, oh, we needed people here so we can see them, or oh, I needed to feel that I love because people was here. But then you say just because they're showing up, it don't mean, so at some point we can't have it both ways and expect it to be uh, correct. And I still think um, that if a person makes an exerted effort and God knows what that effort is and we don't know all the stuff that God knows everything I don't, you don't, and you don't so it just depends on what that is and just because we can't see it and just to say just because they're showing up doesn't make them Christian I just totally disagree with that well I will, I will in this I believe we can sum, summarize this real quickly is that whole topic right there 
could be an entire quarter of teaching. <laughs> so that was, that was and is an, is an extreme, like you said. So I don't know. It is a hypothetical, so I can't really answer to that one. Uh, if you're able, you should be. You should be doing something. That's a very, very, very ugly, rough summary. Yes, sir. A couple of things. I, I love to piggyback on what other people say because I have, I'm incapable of original thought. So uh, uh, what Tony was saying, uh, I, I think there was a, you know, Stephen mentioned semantics. Uh, you and, and Tony were using the word member in a different context because uh, God adds us to the church uh, and only God can remove us from it. So uh, once you become a Christian, you're a Christian until you die, and then you face judgment. Uh, although, but that, that wasn't the question. I said, yes, I agree you are, but are right, you an yeah. inactive? So you're, inactive doesn't exist. You're either an active Christian or you're not. And so it's one of those, to be a member. Okay. So, if you're, so you'll be a Christian. He said you would die as one. Mm-hmm. Right. And God will specify yeah. that with you. You'll have a little chat with him, and he'll say, lukewarm. And then, and then, uh, uh, on on what we were talking about over here, uh, when when you're having that study or you're having a discussion with someone who uh, who argues that, uh, for example, uh, but you can't be saved by baptism because that's a work that requires you to do something beyond simply belief. Uh, but if you go to John chapter six and verse. Uh, 28 and 29 I'm a little embarrassed I don't have my Bible right now it's her fault Um, but if you go to John chapter 6 and verse 28 and 29 you see that Jesus said that believing is a work so what do they do with that you take a whole quarter and you teach on it okay I'm going to go back on this track if that's okay love the comments and I do appreciate it because guess what I don't have all the answers, it would be shocking to you. Although Liz pointed out, I don't have all the answers, but that's fine. Guess what? We have some of where the answers are and we can go study up on it. Huh, how cool is that? All right, John thirteen thirty-five. It's, and I read this, that's why I like teaching because I learn more probably from teaching than I do by sitting in the class, but 1335. By, all, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What does that scripture mean or how have you understood it? Love thy neighbor. That's how I remembered it too. Love thy neighbor is how he said that. Anyone else? And that's what I thought as well. I always read the love one another or love for one another, the one another. Who's the one another? Is that everybody? That's not what Christ is referring to. Talking about the church, the dealership 
I love Tracy. I love Jerry. I love my sister, who's literally my sister. I love Bonnie. I even love Jerry again. I love all of you. The people will know you are my disciples for your love for one another. Not for your love for the sinner out there. But they'll know you're my disciples because you... How are you following me and what I've taught if we can't get along as brother and sister? That, right, we are supposed to love them. I'm not saying we're not. Right, but how are, how are they going to accept any love from us when I can't stand you? That's the point. It's like going, oh, no, no, this, this is a really loving family while I'm punching my brother. Oh, no, I love how you love. That's, that's what the reference was. And it's... It, it's a shot to the head. I was like, so what am I showing the world who I'm wanting to come into my family for dinner, for a talk, for a chat, for a let's get to know each other while I'm screaming at somebody else whom I love? And they're like, yeah, I'll pass. Thank you. Next. Is that, a, is that, is that a, something that we can make sense? Does that sound fair? Oh, I know. That's <laughs> what I do. I got to practice what, practice what you preach. Thanks. She summed it up in four, four words, three words, two words. Practice what you preach. All right. Oh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Pam and I are having, having issues. I'm not showing her love. All right. So my next point, we're human and we are not going to get along all the time. Having said that, we do have to have unity. Agree? Should we have unity in the church? We don't have to always get along, but should we have unity? Pam says yes. So thank you, Pam. We are to have unity of the spirit within us, which is our common bond. Agree? Okay. So far, we're doing well. We've heard this in the song. It is the peace that binds us. Still agree? We're all good? Okay. We are never to be a divisive force. As painful as it is to love one another, we're supposed to do it unconditionally. Have you heard this statement? I love you. I just don't like you very much right now. Okay, I've, I, have, I, I adored my parents growing up. I didn't like them very much when I was grounded, which hardly ever happened. <laughs> but I still love them. If I was going to get chased by a bear, I'm still going to scream for my mom and dad, even though they just grounded me and I couldn't use my... I didn't wanna, what did I have back then? We didn't even have Nintendos. Atari? Yes, I couldn't use the Atari. <laughs> Stop it. Well, while it doesn't mean we agree to, with everyone all the time, it does mean that we should be willing to sacrifice our own preferences to try and keep unity in the church. How hard is that pill to swallow? Bleh. All right. Next subject. Is gossip unifying? Don't. Don't. We already had this conversation here. <laughs> is gossip unifying? It's not. 
unifying, unif- beautifying, yes. <laughs> it creates division, 100%. Gossip is not unifying. It's easy to do, and people don't always uh, know or realize they're gossiping, but we do it. it ta- gossip tears down the unity of an organization. James 3, 6, and this one's just fun. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is set on fire by hell. Wow. That's a lot. Do we agree? Be careful what you say. See, I summed that up real quickly. Okay. I will try and get this the next four minutes. The church is made up of imperfect people. We have and will make mistakes, and we have, do, and will sin. However, whatever we have done or do, we are to be unified in the body for a common goal. How we're unified, Christ explains in Matthew six fourteen through 15. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Twig, log. My point is that we are and are, and are not a bunch of me's. We are unified in our goals, specifically spreading the word of God to the lost. If we live or die as a church, it's because we chose to do so and acted on our decision. This class has stressed me more than I have ever imagined a class could, but it helped open my eyes and mind to a few things. It showed me how I treat people and how I can do and be better toward my brother and sisters, and I hope you were able to see the same. I believe our meetings we had last year said we understand we need and want to grow and it's going to take some effort. We need to figure out ways to do that. We talked about evangelism. And we, not me, need to unify in those endeavors. We need to step up and find our role, whatever that may be, in the church because there is one. You can teach, preach, sing, pray, speak, Take attendance, drive, sign, work behind the scenes, change light bulbs, clean, study, whatever. There's something each and every one of us can do and support the others in whatever they do so that we are all in the trenches together fighting and working towards our common goal. We have a future. I hope that we have a long future. Like I said, one day I want to be hauled in this room in a box. I don't need any of you to help hurry me along that way, but I intend to have my funeral here one day. I was here when it was built, and this one will be here for the rest of my life. This is a fantastic place. It can be a more fantasticer place. You know you like that one. We have energy here. We have the ability here. We have a community here that we can go and start harvesting from. And we need to. We need to find our ways to do that. We need to make sure we're doing that together, unified. 
I like the direction we're going. I like the energy we have. I hope you do the same. If I can help you in any way, let me know how. I will call on you to help me because I need lots of it. We all know that. I see that we can make our future bright and brighter. I don't think it's dull, but it definitely can be brighter. You can't, there's always room for growth. Do we agree on that? Okay. I appreciate all of your time for the last uh, two months. It's been a great class of discussion. And uh, I can now uh, de-stress just a little bit so before I start the ladies' retreat cooking. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. We'll have a devotional shortly. Tony starts his class next Wednesday night. <laughs>